What up, what up, y'all? My name is Kel. My name is Anna. And you're tuning to Cognac, Cupcakes, and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, and stimulating conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. Hey, y'all. I got melanin. (laughs) Yes, that is today's topic to talk about today on today's show. Um, We're feeling extra melanated, extra silky extra chocolatey extra caramelly smooth yeah, you know we just out here like it has we just so out here existing yeah there's so many shades so many variations and it's just rich it's good it feels wealthy you know yeah. yes wealthy yes not rich not just rich but wealthy yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you know, we just be out here existing and we just notice like many of y'all already do, you know, we've all seen the boxer braids, we've all seen the the accelerated tans, you know, and so we just, as a part of this month's, you know, involuntary conversation that we've been continuously having about protecting our girls, our curls, and our world, you know, we had to talk about protecting, you know, the curls in the world part, because we've talked a lot about our world in the sense of keeping us safe and the girls, of course, but we need to highlight them curls. So I, I really just wanted to make sure that we had at least one episode this month calling that stuff out and just giving light to it for our audience who may or may not pay attention to that and just ways that we think you guys can persevere as melanated queens and you know still feel good about yourself like remind yourself that this is why this is why this is but you know kel i don't want to keep talking i know you got an excellent kelism for today's (laughs) (laughs) miss k-ism for today's monday motivation so yes, recently um, Anna and I had the opportunity to actually host a virtual brunch, um, and it was an amazing opportunity. So shout out to these um, Private Chef Weeks. Um, they had um, they had a whole week of different op- opportunities that they were doing, but the one that we were actually involved in was the um, virtual brunch. And with that, we yeah. had to make mimosas. We got to kiki with some great, you know. Um, chefs of the DMV and beyond. And with that, what we noticed was, you know, this life of 2020 
it has been full of lemons and it's not even just lemons it's just been like whole citrus because lemons is you know they're they're more of the smaller fruit but it's been like a whole citrus family just just your oh, face yeah. just sucked in like a fish because it's just yeah. so sour it's just right. so sour sour patch right exactly so when life gives you these citrus all you can do is make some mimosas pour out the champagne pull out the champagne get your orange juice if you want to make a Bellini style, you can do that too. Whatever you do, you can do to get, you know, just to move forward with your life. So let's make mimosas out of the citrus that they have given us. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And with that said, let's go ahead and jump right into that ratchetness and righteousness. Indeed. It's balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You got to be equally yoked with both. So this week in Ratchetness and Righteousness, first, since we are talking about uplifting our, our queens and their black girl magic, I did want to first highlight in the righteousness section of things, our boo Zendaya. She won Best Actress in a Drama Emmy, um, Best Actress in a Drama um, for the Emmys for this year for, of course, Euphoria. Now, Kel put me onto Euphoria. <laughs> and um she's good she's really good she really took a pivot from her roles you know her past roles and of course all her disney channel to i think she has at least two disney channel shows that she was on of course to shake it up and then she had like a oh yeah the expected gadget ass yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, i used to like so. that show <laughs> I watched it too, you know, that used to be my screensaver, um, Disney Channel, uh, <laughs> until I didn't have cable anymore. Boom, boom. So, <laughs> <laughs> now YouTube is, but anyway, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, she, she really showed her depth and her skill set in acting um, by playing the role of a druggy teen who has a lot of psychological issues. Um, and really represents for Gen Z. So um, she is actually the second black actress to ever win, and that's behind Viola Davis, and the youngest woman, period, for that category. Okay. Which is crazy. Period poo. Yes. Yes, period poo. Yes. Um, and not period like delicious. I don't know if you saw that picture of her. Yes, what the Photoshop is going on? I hope it is. Like that's sickening. This is one time that I hope that that is Photoshop because I'm scared. I'm nervous. Um, someone who ain't nervous is Cardi B. Cardi B went on her Instagram and she expressed that she was not, in fact, cheated on. She was just tired of arguing. She was tired of fighting with um, Offset. And she was like, y'all know set be extra sloppy when he cheats so you know i was just ready to go uh, you know of course i'm paraphrasing there but what do you think about that kel like you know you know princess love we didn't talk about it last week but princess love also was someone who you know kind of cut ties with her hubby finally she she uh filed for divorce as well which i thought they was already divorced but um not divorced but like i thought they was already going through that process they were so, she took it off mm -hmm. 
she took it off. I guess they were trying to work things out, but then he refiled again. Mm. And now he's like going along with it, I guess. So he filed again because I know they were both on like different TV shows or whatever. Um, I think it was yesterday that they both did it. And you know, they're the ones that's behind the conversation, side note, a TV show. Not yeah. our, our, our beautifully crafted <laughs> YouTube series, okay, that will be bad. But no, their little thing where they got all the ratchets coming to sit and have an unscripted, you know, uh, organic conversation without fighting or whatever, like just, you know, loving hip hop 2.0. Um, <laughs> they are the ones that's actually behind the conversation on Zeus Network. But yeah, so what, what did you know, Kel? What, what, what happened between them? So it was Ray J? Ray J is the one who filed the second time, the most recent time. So okay. originally, um, it was, um, what's her name? Princess Love. Yeah, uh, Princess she Love. Was, mm-hmm. She was the first person to file in the beginning. And then I guess she tried to like work it out for the fam because he said he missed his family, whatever. He wanted his family back. So it looked like they tried to reconcile and then I guess it still was not working. <laughs> They're still not seeing eye to eye on things. And I think mm. Ray J just wants to be able to have access to his kids. And um, I guess I feel like money <laughs> might be an issue as well with that situation, but they both haven't really spoken on that. But I, I feel like low key that that is a part of it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, both of them are not, they, they want to move forward with the divorce. Now, as far as Cardi B goes with Offset, um, I did hear the same audios that you probably heard as well. She was just like, I'm tired of the bullshit, you know, like, it's, it's, yeah. you know, but I did have a conversation with Bay, and he told me, mm-hmm. yeah, I heard Offset side. I have not, um, disclaimer, but according to mm-hmm. Bay, he said that he heard that um, Offset was upset about the WAP song. And that is why he contested the divorce. Because you know, like, how when you go through the divorce, and, like, if one person can test something, and then that person can, like, can counter do it. Mm -hmm. I think he countered, he countered her original contest. Okay. It's going to be, it's going to be ugly. Uh, I thought the rumor, I thought what you was going to say was that the rumor was that he, uh, he contested because... I mean, that he um, divorced her because of the WAP song. I was about to say, huh? But, um, <laughs> so he contested because of her. I mean, that's still petty and stupid, but it's a little less stupid. Right. Oh, no, it's just as stupid. Like, if we look at, if, if you're contesting, and I'm assuming this is all assumption, because like I said, I did not hear this word from, from his mouth. I did not hear the audio right. or anything like that. But if I were to be left to my own demises to fill in the blanks, I guess he would probably be saying that it was disrespectful of their relationship to have a mm-hmm. song with those type of lyrics in there. And, you know, and if Bye. he's going to do that, go that petty route, then we should also- As much as Cardi B talks about her pussy. As much exactly. as Cardi B talk, talks about her pussy, I don't see it. I don't see it. I can't hear it. I'm Stevie Wonder. Yep. <laughs> like that's stupid that's a dumb rumor um yeah and i'm gonna just leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna just i i can't see that i mean 
I'm sure he's just contesting because that's what niggas do. So, and you know, I saw this interview where they were talking about how Cardi B, um, this guy named Funky Deneva, that is funny. Nessa girl, if y'all watch him on YouTube, he always starts off his video saying, Nessa girl. <laughs> and at the end, he'll be like, I'll call y'all back later. Bye. He is so funny. But anyway, I love hearing his viewpoint on like mad shit. Like he was talking about Andrew Gilliam. They've been saying Andrew Gilliam been on, you know, we, we heard that before too, that the rumors were swirling about, but he had a little more tea because he used to work on his campaign. Child. <laughs> on his campaign trail. Mm. In a nutshell, he basically said like, you know, he didn't expose, spill all the tea, but he was like, yeah, people been known that that's how he was since college days. So, um, and he felt like he was just doing the buy thing because saying that your buy is a little safer because it can, it can imply that you still want to be with your wife and that you're not full blown gay. But I think what Funky Deneve was implying was that he is actually full-blown gay. We don't know, you know, but so regardless, wife yeah. is like, just like a decoy for like, oh, this yeah, is good. Yeah, what do they call them? Beards? Yeah, like, and, and you know, um, I mean, quite the beard because they had children and stuff, but you know, I've known plenty men who, um, or at least one that I know of personally that was married to a woman, had a whole two kids, a whole life. And in retirement, he chose to go full-blown gay and live his best life, you know, after he divorced his wife. So it happens. And I was a white man. So it happens, you know, so in all different, um, you know, ethnicity groups. But um, what I even heard Demetria Lucas's um, she had somebody that was a crisis PR, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, specialist or whatever, you know, credible source that was saying that, you know, where she, where he fucked up, which this is also what Funky Denise said, where he fucked up in that interview with Tamron Hall was that he made it, he, I guess because he was nervous um, and didn't have proper um, training he made it more so about like, oh, these people assume that I'm gay and I identify as bi, but that doesn't mean, you know, all this whole thing. And he didn't make it about how he's changing and or what he's doing in the community and stuff, because what is the real purpose behind doing this? interview if you're not you know the main goal is to get back in the campaign trail or maybe not the campaign trail but get back into the um political field and if you're just talking about that you know what are we here for like after all the salacious conversation is done and you say you and your wife are going to stay together you know forever like what's left so That's crazy. I think, you know what it reminded me of? Um, and I think we talked about this on our last episode as well, is the grace that, that he actually got in um, comparison to, um, what's his name? Marion Barry. Mm -hmm. How they were in very, very similar situations, but, excuse background noise. 
All right. So yeah, like I was saying, they um gave more I feel like they definitely gave more grace to uh, Mary and Barry in the situation. And I also listened to the Demetria Lucas podcast where they were talking about the reasoning why and the difference between Andrew Gilliam and uh, Mary and Barry was that Mary and Barry actually did a lot for the city. Um so they felt like it deserved the grace that he did get versus him versus um Andrew Gilliam. Not saying that he yeah. didn't do anything. I don't think he really had the opportunity to do anything because, of course, right. he was slighted in the race. Right. Right. And right. How he handled this crisis kind of also shows the type of leadership that he could possibly have. So I feel like people are going to have a different view of him now if he were to ever like try to run again in another state or another area or another position. So, um, I think yeah. it was like, I just don't feel like it was needed. Like everybody was starting, we were just starting to forget about it. So it was just like, why come back and tell the story? You're starting to start, no one was thinking about you in this moment. You're starting yeah. to back up. So right. um, I don't know if, and I also heard that like other people, like, you know, were trying to get him to do interviews, but he decided to do this interview with Tamron Hall. And I'm not really clear mm -hmm. why that was a choice either versus any other type of like, um, you know, interview, whatever. But I guess she felt like it right. would be classy. I guess he felt like it was going to be tasteless. I mean, it would be tastefully done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. in these situations, I've never seen anything good come from a scandal response. Like, I don't want to put him in the same category as R. Kelly, but when R. Kelly tried to do the interview with Gail King, <laughs> like thinking, oh, this is going to be tasteful. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like just let the bygones be gone, bygones and hope for people to actually forget about it and then move on with your life. Show and prove by actually doing the actions and healing within yourself. You don't have to show and prove to the world. Well, speaking of showing and proving to the world, moving along, it looks like. Joe Budden may have his own podcast network, child. Child, y'all know I've been talking. <laughs> so y'all know I've been talking about this little Charlemagne and Joe Budden Magneto Professor X little you know war that's been going on. It's like iron sharpening iron, basically. And you know when you have two two brilliant minds, you know messing with each other or whatever like they could be friends because you know they did content plenty of content over the years together but now it looks like they're competition to each other yeah yeah idols become your rivals or your friends become your rivals in this situation yeah, and i think so he actually said that before mm, and what is and i've heard joe button say it I, and i have heard you right i have heard Charlemagne say that plenty of times before your idols become your rivals that's like another you know how they say new levels bring new devils that's just one of those like the higher you get in success the more yeah eventually some of your peers are going to become your rivals you know um and even though that's more so like you know like a jay-z become and that's for joe budden too because jay like joe budden could see definitely has said that jay was his idol but like jay has this joe budden before but anyway i digress so there was a time back when the beef was starting to you know fester and all this stuff was coming out about joe budden leaving spotify and um y'all gotta go look at that yourself because i'm not gonna you know use up too much time talking about that 
after he announced his you know tenure with spotify would be coming to an end and you know there was a whole smear campaign that was going on you know where they were whether it was a smear or not i still believe some of those accusations but you know suddenly everybody was talking bringing back up all the stuff about joe budden beating on um women that he's been with before um sin even got thrown into the mix and she basically came out like bitch don't bring my name up at all ho because that shit that i said basically was me trying to hurt him and build a case so that i can have primary custody of our son <laughs> you know um and that was due to another friend that was there recording their conversation while she was recording the conversation it was just nasty so anyway the whole smear campaign happens down to him jacking off his dog and Charlemagne joins in on the drama and basically what Charlemagne and um what's that again? Andy Andy whatever his name is that that does brilliant idiots with him they were going back and forth on their podcast talking about how Joe's an idiot and he should have taken the money and just worked with the white people well some of the stuff Joe would say back was Charlemagne Joe Budden is a network we'll talk later so I kept hearing that I kept hearing him say that once in a while, like, you know, I am a network. I'm, you know, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Well, here we go. Joe Budden literally is a new podcasting network. Um, there's still more details to come, but for the first podcast that's coming out of the Joe Budden network, which I guess, aside from the regular podcast he has with Rory Mall and Parks, um, it's going to have uh, DJ Olivia Dope, who's a bomb ass DJ. Yes, me and Kel's girl. fave. <laughs> me and Kel's fave, Mandy. That's Mandy, right? Yeah, because the other one is easy. Mandy from Horrible Decisions. And um, Lord, I just forgot her name. Bridget. Bridget, Bridget Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Singer Bridget Kelly. And so they're uh, just, the podcast is going to be called See the Thing Is, which I already love the name. Um, and so it's it's just gonna be them talking their shit, basically doing the female version, I guess, of the Joe Budden podcast, um, offering a female perspective. And he said, I always had, he said, and now we get to have some fun. I always had on the pod, I always say on the pod that there are too many topics that we can't and shouldn't touch and that women get to have all the fun. Now I'm extremely proud, eager, um, slash eager to announce our new podcast see the thing is featuring Bridget Kelly Mandy B and Olivia Doe and so it looks like on October 6th and every Tuesday thereafter you can hear these amazing ladies talk their shit on most DSPS's which is the systems that play podcasts basically um, you know your Spotify's your you know SoundClouds iTunes whatever that's a new term that me and Kel need to get familiar with but anyway uh <laughs> not sure what they'll say because i'm staying out of women's business but they're bold committed opinionated and have a lot to say hopefully that wasn't too mushy and then he listed all of their their apps so and then after that or right before that i think yeah right before that he posted the new logo for the joe budden network and he said the joe budden network is here so well, yeah i'm gonna say this i just want to be put on i don't care who it comes from 
like I just want my I want CCC to flourish in their <laughs> blessings. So whether it's from the Black Effect Charlemagne's network or mm-hmm. the Joe Budden network, I don't give a just let me we we try right. to get I, well I think you do give a because I think when you learn some of the stuff, you know what? This is more so of an offline conversation. But what I will say, what I will share with the audience is you do have to be careful what you sign up for because podcast deals are starting to become just like record company deals where they own you and they own all your shit on that 360 shit. And there's been rumblings that that's kind of what the Black Effect podcast um, thing is uh, is about um, because it is still through iHeartRadio. I would like to learn more about the Joe Budden network too to see how independent it truly is. But um, that's something that I have learned and valued and respected from um, Joe Budden's um, cohorts or whatever and his uh, his uh, conversations that he has on the podcast, just sharing it, giving that knowledge, giving that tea, as we would say, right. on what to look out for when you're signing a business deal. Um, but that said, yes, uh, I want to, I just want something too, but um, <laughs> all that said, you know, included in that. All right. And so what else do I have here listed? I think, is this the last story that I have? Right. Not this one, but uh, okay. So yeah, I guess this next one is the last story. So catching back up on the Breonna Taylor um, case, you know, where we last left off is that they did settle out of court, I think for a hundred, some millions I'm sorry, I apologize. I don't remember how much it was, but I know it was a big one, sum of money. And, you know, me and Kel talked about, like, was this truly justice? Well, apparently, Brett Hankinson, which was um, the former LMPD officer um, that was involved in the killing of Breonna Taylor, uh, was indicted on three counts of Wanton, and I might have said that incorrectly, but Wanton endangerment in the first degree, meaning that he was not charged for Breonna Taylor's death. And he's also granted, um, he was also granted a $15,000 cash bond, uh, Miles Crossgrove and St. Sergeant um, Jonathan Mattingly, who were also involved, not been charged at all at the moment. Uh, so he was um, charged for shoot, Hankinson, the person in, in conversation, was charged for shooting 10 rounds from outside of Brianna's apartment. Um, some of the shots ended up in the adjacent units, which was why he was indicted. In the end, he was not charged for Brianna's death. This announcement comes almost seven months after the 27 freaking months. Wow. Seven months after the 26-year-old was shot and killed inside her apartment. As previously mentioned, Hankinson was fired from the department by the department's interim chief. Um, for blindly firing 10 rounds. The grand jury's announcement um, comes after, of course, learning that, or um, the, the shared news that they were able to get a settlement. Um, yeah, I, I'll just leave you to comment, Co. I, you know, I still stand by everything that I we talked about on the last episode in regards to... <laughs> you know, 
is that enough justice? I mm-hmm. yeah, because I think he's only going to get two years. Sorry, I, I wanted to make sure I shared that with you too. Go ahead. Both, of which them is less than a weed both, charge, both but of them yeah, or just one. No, it's just that one. The other two haven't been charged at all. This is the first one that's that's gotten you know charged with something. Okay. So um, yeah, like I feel like I. <laughs> I feel like it's just reconfirming that there's not going to be any justice served. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm disappointed because I feel like you know no justice is going to be served, and I just don't know what more we can do as a people besides vote and get the right people in um, in office to be able to make better decisions for ourselves. Like I, I can scream until I have no voice. But mm-hmm. the only way that my voice will actually be able to to be heard is through someone who has a like mind, um, who has a like mind and like compassion. So, and, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go ahead. More so, I know we have been stressing the need to vote. That's where I was gonna go. Yes, you know, like we've been stressed, but this. If you didn't have, if you're still looking for some, <laughs> some sort of, you know, confirmation, some sort of sign, like, I don't know how many more signs that we can give you, how many more deaths that we can give you. I don't know how many more, you know, um, injustice that we can give is, yeah. for you to get it. Yeah. If you don't vote like that video that got yellow pain, I think is his name. Um, he broke it down so well. He really put the medicine in the candy. Like he, um, you know, basically broke down the fact that, you know, you forgot what you learned in middle school. Like there's more than just the executive branch of the government. You got the legislative and the judiciary or judicial. And so you have to be able to remember that and be educated on that when you're going to the polls and vote more than just every four years. It's important. And with that said, you know, we're going to get into the talk topic of today, which is also important, which is, um, you know, we've been talking about protecting the Black woman, you know, protecting our girls, our curls, and our world. And so, you know, we're going to lighten the mood a little bit and just, you know, gag on these hoes gag on these wenches that love to you know steal our vibe (laughs) so let's get to it all right so As we said before, we will be talking today, you know, about, you know, just uplifting the Black woman and reminding her how celebrate, you know, it may not be celebrated, but how special her melanin is and her looks. You know, Western beauty standards often exclude Black women from the conception of beauty, while white women spend hours under tanning beds, smearing products all over their bodies, or laying in the sun in the hope of achieving a particular hue of brown. Black women are sold lightning creams, we're told not to spend much time in the sun, 
in case we get too dark. And as for our hair, huh, you know, we don't say protect our curls for no reason. Um, it's a major decision and statement to wear out your hair natural. Uh, me and Kel are, you know, definitely rocking it natural as we speak right now. Um, and that was definitely a time period when we transitioned in the workplace to be having your hair natural. You know, th this is a totally different world than it was, I want to say, even back in like 10 years ago, 2010, I was still pressing my hair, you know, so, and that, that's not to say, lady, you know, that you can't press your hair or dye your hair blonde. I love how Amanda Seals talks about, you know, the standards of beauty and then how some hotep people try to come for her and say, well, you, you dyeing your hair blonde, uh, you know, like you trying to be like the, the white woman. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm changing the color of my hair and I can do that the same way they do all the time. They dye their hair, they go brunette, they go blonde. Why? Because why? you blonde as a white woman, because there are black people out in Africa, New Zealand, all them different places that have naturally blonde hair too, sis. But anyway, I took some of the content from the Verb, the Verve um, article on black girl magic in general. And that's how I came up with the song that um, we're highlighting today, the name of the podcast, Melanin, um, because that's what they were basically talking about, you know, screaming out to Black women that, you know, your melanin matters. And girl, I, earlier this week, and I've seen it before this week, but earlier this week, I, I don't know, I don't think it was Crown Ladies. I think it was like this jellyfish thing that I follow called, you know, the jellyfish. I don't know if you've seen that on Instagram, where they showed a white woman doing all of this stuff to her hair to basically make it look kinkier. And like one of the more popular things that I'm starting to see is these black women putting straws in their hair and perm rods to come out with it. Like I see this picture right here that I almost want to text you, Kel, but my computer's running slow. <laughs> but the girl, the woman's hair, in fact, I flipped my camera. The woman's hair is blonde and straight and then look at this shit right this looks like your hair in a high puff like right. what right <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is happening what what the fuck is this and then the black fishing you know and i'm gonna get into a definition of what black fishing is but it's it's super blatant what um when these white women you know especially for your favorite brands fashion over and stuff these are like subliminal messages that you get where these women are tanning their skin or you know darkening their skin with facetune and all that shit different apps and they are coming off with a look that is very ethnic and they're very white now we they've talked about how uh, what's her name with the with the ponytail, little small thing with the powerful voice, Ariana Grande. That's the first time I heard about black fishing. That they said she was black fishing because she's definitely. But I, I was kind of like on the fence about that because I was like, she's definitely a whole Italian. So you know, some of them, especially the Sicilian joints, they be having the the darker skin tone. 
Um, and some of the, the facial features do be a little more rounded than pointy. But <laughs> um, just to give the definition, blackfishing is a term used to describe someone accused of pretending to be black on social media by using makeup, hair products, and in some cases, surgery to drastically change their appearance, i.e. the Kardashians, your faves, not Kel's faves, but y'all faves. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a <Right>. clear... <laughs> right. Clear example. Uh, a be- uh, even crazier example is Rachel Dolezal. And there was another woman who who just got found out that she was um, black fishing as well too, um, and they be like like this second woman I cannot remember her name but she was acting like she was a black Latina like she took it to a whole nother level she like combined cultures <laughs> <laughs> like damn like she was like going as Rosalia you know blah 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 like I'm making up a name but she like made it like she was a Cardi B out here um and and what kills me about that woman and the other and Rachel Dolezal is that these women make a whole career off of you know being professors in black culture and black history and um and civil rights and all that stuff writing books and it's like what the fuck? And and one thing that I did hear in um in an interview, uh, I think it was also Demetria Lucas's podcast where she had um some scholar on there talking about like how there's this thing around being a ugly white woman and having some sort of privilege more or more looks from men in layman's term if you were a light, if you tried to pass as a light-skinned Black woman, as opposed to being just a quote-unquote ugly white woman. And it's funny because when I heard that, I thought about how some of the features on not even just necessarily light-skinned Black women, but like how if that person you ever looked at somebody that was light skin or somebody that was even if they were dark skin and like try to picture those features you know how sometimes they be having them side by sides of the yes you, you know? this is a twix moment because i literally just had this conversation with <laughs> david like two days ago not even two days last night last <laughs> night we had this discussion we was watching black love i don't remember the girl the actress name i was like for some reason, I said, this is going to sound really colorist or racist, but I feel like she would look a lot prettier if she was darker because her features just doesn't fit her. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I can yeah. see what you're saying when you're saying like, what is ugly to, to, to the white standards might be a lot prettier to the black standards because it just doesn't fit within their spectrum of what the standard of beauty is yes 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 well said exactly and i think that's where things like blackfishing coming into play because you know aside from the oh she's too hippie or she got too much ass like that's what it used to be back in the day like if you was a white girl with a lot of ass it was like oh they probably are going to be dating a black man because white men are kind of like mm, 
I like boobs. And that's just a stereotype because, especially nowadays, because it seems like everyone likes ass now or everybody clearly likes to say it out loud that they like a fat ass. But <laughs> now you, it, it goes to the next level of, you know, plumping your face and, and, and stuff like that. And before we get into how that affected that kind of reverbed onto us as black women who already had that shit, you know, I did want to kind of dig a little deeper into like the, the history of all that. Like, Kel, did you know, like, I know some people know about uh, most people, if you had any kind of black history class or whatever in college, um, you learned about Venus hot and tot. And, you know, they tried to compare her a lot to the Nicki Minaj's of the world and stuff like that, which when I look back at that, I'm like, that's so silly. Cause I know what they were trying to say. They was like, oh, this woman, she didn't even want to be on display, but she was um, because, and let me break it down really fast. This was a woman who was taken from her home country. I think she was um, a South African woman. Um, and she was a native tribe member there. I do not remember her tribe, but African woman. And she, they, they put her on display a lot in Europe, especially in France. And um, they had uh, theater plays about her and her body type. And she, she was a very voluptuous woman. Um, she had a very large behind. And of course, just the same way that they would take black penises and, and castrate them and put them in jars in museums, you know, to, to display them like they were some freakish thing. They kind of did the same thing with her. In fact, they did chop up some of her body parts and, you know, kind of preserve them and put them in a museum to the point where it took years for, I think South Africa, um, maybe descendants of her tribe were able to finally get that kiboshed because at first they was like, look, this is science. We, you know, they meaning France was like, this is science. You know, we, we have the right to, you know, use this. We use this for research. Well, I was like, no, y'all know just putting us on display per usual. This was just the more barbaric version of putting us on display. Pero, <laughs> um, you know, what I'm getting at or what I'm leading up to is that I didn't realize that when you see those old pictures or um, colonial pictures of women, I don't know if colonial is the right word, of white women with their, their bouffant, curly hair, you know, the wigs and stuff, and the white men too, but you know, okay, where do you think that comes from? The volume of the hair, one. Two, when you see the little the butt thing that they all wore back then, you know that was based off of a black woman's body. I didn't even I don't know why until this year that it I didn't even realize it didn't I never put those two and two together either. I just thought it was just like, oh, that's their style, that's their thing. Yeah. That was based off of you know what the trend is is that or not the trend, what the cycle is is they they kill you for it or they they you know a metaphorically kill you for it, like oh you're too salacious or oh, your body all oh, this or that's ugly obviously that's the obvious one to go to that is ugly and then here we come back around and you're doing the same shit but you're putting a different label on it you know same thing with the lips 
Remember everybody used to call DSLs, dick sucking yep. lips and yep. stuff. <laughs> you know, all that different shit. And everybody's getting lip fillers now. <laughs> it's, you know, K- K- Kylie overdraws her lips and the world is overdrawing their lips now. Right. And I just, I just, you know, I, well, I, I don't want to go too far in, Kelts. I want you to, you know, comment first before our eyes, you know, continue. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, um, it's, it's past the stage of homage because it's not even homage yes. at this point. Like, homage is when you're actually giving someone, you know, credit. So this is what I, I owe, I admire this, mm-hmm. and I I would like to you know uplift this and say that this is something that is beautiful, and this is something that was you know, of course not designed by us because we don't design. It was designed by God, but you know God gave this to to the people of melanin or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this this not even Amish. It's like this is the new trend when we've been doing these things, like it's very mm-hmm. when I see, I've seen the same videos before on Snapchat or whatever those little yeah. things are. Yeah. Things. And I've seen the white girls roll their hairs in straws. Yes. And it was funny, like before me and you even had this conversation that we were going to do this podcast, I was reflecting back on a time I guess it's another Twix moment. I was reflecting back on the mm-hmm. time um, when I was doing cheerleading, when like we first moved to Waldorf. And um, it was like two black people on the team, on the cheerleading team. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like very involved because I'm in there. So of course she's going to be involved. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, she, your mom can cornrow? Oh, can you get her to cornrow all the girls hair? And I just remember like uh. being so blown trying to figure out like yeah. how to rip their hair and they were just so excited and so pressed to be able to wear cornrows and it was like not that we were doing it because we we couldn't have like like that we couldn't do any other styles because we actually can do a lot more styles than white people can do but yeah um it was just it felt wrong you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. it felt wrong like nothing about this felt like this didn't feel good. It's like, oh, I look like you now. Ew, no. Ew. You know? Oh my God. So, like, I just, <sighs> and it's things that you don't even think about. Like, like I thought about it now as an adult, but I don't think I get yeah, it yeah. my mind as a child. I was just like, okay, do you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if you feel a little weird about it, you don't know why. You you can't really, process. you don't have the education, yeah, to fully, like, process and put a name to what that is. But it was um, appropriation. <laughs> like, <laughs> straight up and down. It was appropriation because you take that and then you could just throw it, throw it to the side when you don't feel like it. Like, we wear cornrows to keep our hair, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but neatly styled. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, our hair, the way our hair grows out of our head, you know, it defies gravity. Someone said that. I can't remember who, but I love that statement. It de- defies gravity. Because to me, 
that's a, a better way than saying it's frizzy, it sticks out, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it gives power to what our hair is. And I know not all black women's hair, you know, grows out curly, coily or frizzy, period, you know. But like the whole good hair thing and stuff like that, like Becky with the good hair, you know, like we don't have, um, and I won't even say it's the luxury. We don't, we, we, what I like is that I'll put a different spin on it. We have options, but it wasn't always seen as an option. Exactly. We, we didn't need, it didn't seem like manipulating our hair all these different ways was, was cool at first. I remember being in high school. And honestly, I remember the girl, um, you might remember her, but I'm going to say her name, but it was a girl we went to high school with and it was in math class. Like, I feel like it was ninth grade and the white, I had a white male teacher and she had a ponytail in her hair. And, um, I remember telling y'all this, I don't know if I told you, but I remember telling some of our friends this, I don't know if it was you there too, but she basically took the ponytail off her head and in class and just was like, yeah, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the, the math teacher was so blown away. And he was like, oh, my God, it detaches? Like, I had that oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, and I feel bad because I felt like that was so quote-unquote ghetto which girl we can have a whole other episode on that term ghetto and breaking it down because ghettos don't even come from black people it comes from jewish people but anyway and the mistreatment that they have but anyway ghetto <laughs> i felt like it was so ghetto and it's like why why is she doing all this like today i that's the one thing i do envy about generation z like it's not only just all the lgbtqia you know freedom that they have but they also have freedom to be unapologetically black as possible like and that includes things like yeah i'm gonna take this wig off or whatever and let me educate you on um, what these wigs are and you know learning that we are not the only ones that wear wigs and then of course now we know you know everybody's wearing ponytails so i'm sure there's white girls in class taking out their ponytails too you know ever so often but what I do want to go to really quick um, to kind of round this out is I want to talk about how it has kind of reversed onto us. The, um, you know, us quote unquote, not being the beauty standard, but being the beauty standard at the same time. You feel me? Like yeah. women like um, Queen Nyjah are you know, she was in the media the other day or just on Shade Room, you know, niggas be saying the media and it's like, nigga, if it's not TMZ or, you know, Eat Entertainment Tonight, it's not the fucking media. It's just the blogs. So anyway, Queen Naja was on like Shade Room or the, or the Neighborhood Talk and um, it was one of her posts or whatever, someone going back and forth for her because she was talking about how she filled her lips and she regretted it, basically. I cannot remember the exact quote. But everybody was just like, yo, like, why? And she's also gotten her butt filled or whatever. Like, she's, she's gotten the little uh, enhancement surgery and stuff like that. We all know that kind of blew up, not even after J-Lo. It actually blew up after Kim Kardashian. And it's just like, yeah, not all black women have 
a big butt. And I think in the black community, that's always been a thing of, ooh, my butt getting big. Like, you know, like the Nelly song, hot in her. You know, oh girl, I think my butt getting big, or does my butt look big in this? Good, you know. So like, whereas a lot of white women in the past would be like, oh my god, my ass looks so fat in this, you know. Um, and so it's just interesting how the and then of course we well no I shouldn't say of course you may or may not know as a listener that that um, injection thing didn't even start with. Um, necessarily just black women and more so started with the trans community um and all the women in the trans community because they were trying to achieve a certain look and aesthetic to be more feminine in shape um but you know once it became a little more mainstream and they found safer ways to do it you have the kim kardashians who's saying i had an ass on my life girl now, I know our bodies shift and change, especially after we have kids, but it's like, you shift and change a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. You shift and change a lot since you was a child. And and Chloe, you, girl, now you know. And Kylie, you fucking worse. Right. <laughs> like, girl, don't even. Don't fucking even. But then you see our sisters. Is when we see how they did look. Like, are you telling me mm-hmm. that I'm blind? Like, are you telling me <laughs> that I don't see what I am seeing? Like, Facts. it's insulting. Yes, don't insult, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Don't insult my intelligence. You know, so what is that, Kel? Like, what, I'm, I'm, this is a rhetorical question, really, but, you know, I'm more so asking for you to comment, like, what, wh- have you had your own personal experiences with feeling like you're, I guess your blackness wasn't enough. Yes, I've definitely had those conversations even within my friend groups. Not, of course, not you, but um, I've had other friend groups um, that have told me, like, encouraged me, like, you should get your butt done. And I'm like, no, I'm good. If Mm -hmm. anything, for me, from on a personal level, that's not like I don't care. Mind speaking about it is, if anything, I would get my chest done, and that's because of a medical Mm -hmm. reason. Not because of a like, oh, I'm doing this so that I can have bigger boobs. I just want to have even boobs. That's really what it right. is. <laughs> and right. And I know that everyone has like, every woman, for those people who are like, every woman doesn't have even boobs, but mine are distinctively different. So yeah. um, that is why I would do it. But I feel like if you want to have surgery because it makes you feel good about you, it brings you peace at night, by all means, mm-hmm. do you. But to do it for the edification the of standard. another person's standards, mm-hmm. you will never be satisfied. And I've even had a conversation with um, somebody that you know, one of your um, people that you had introduced me to. I'm not going to say any names, mm-hmm. but they have gotten, they got work done and they regretted it because it was like, it's never enough. You're always going to find something that Facts. is not what you like you're you're you look it's it's an an addiction you know what i mean like you start looking for little imperfections once you start one thing like it's like oh i gotta get this done now and now i gotta get this done and then this by the time you look at it you're this whole nother creature but wait Mm. god created you he created you with a purpose and you never know how your flaws what you perceive as flaws 
is, you know, something that's going to manifest something in someone else. Yeah. You heard that from the Manifesting Beauty. So shout out to you because she really has been pushing that on her um 21 day um I don't know if it's a fast or it's a, it's like a journey of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I encourage mm-hmm. anybody who is struggling with that, like, oh, do I need to have to learn to loving the better part of of you? It's to reach out to her and find out how you can be a part of that journey because that's a lot of self-reflection in it. And for that, you just need therapy. You need therapy. You need to talk to somebody about it. Facts. Like I, I agree like so much with everything that you said and, and the surgery to like, it's such a tricky thing. It's like, you know, if it's going to really make you feel better, you know, do that. But like, I have my thoughts about surgery too, but I also am more empathetic to people who want surgery because I've had my moments with trying to lose weight where I'm like, yo, just suck the stomach out, dog. Or I when your body, you in that one. <laughs> but when, or when your body, like just from weight gain, my body and the fat and the way my body has shaped has shifted. Um, like my butt, I feel like my butt isn't the way it used to be. And that hurts my soul because that was one of my, my prized portions of my body and to see like you know like you know now we're kind of doing what I said we shouldn't do but you know it's a it's a relatable conversation like my boobs I have an issue with how my boobs are bigger than I expected them to be and I think that's probably due to taking birth control for so many years but I really you know, my, my mom isn't this even, even this heavy, um, in her boobs. And I could have gotten it from my father's side, but like, I always was cool with like, you know, a a C cup. Like that's, that's my ish. Like I like a C cup. I think that's nice on my, on my frame, you know? And you know, if, if it wasn't going to be so much drama, like, yeah, if I was rich and, you know, there weren't some of those issues that can happen to some people when they have surgery for these things. Yeah. I probably would be somebody that was like, Oh, let me like shrink my breast a little bit. Um, let me like re mold my booty and, you know, suck this fat out of my stomach and it's all good, you know? Um, but I still kind of look a little bit down upon that when people do that, because I do, I think that puts pressure at the end of the day on everybody else. Unrealistic expectations and pressure. Unrealistic expectations for the watching eyes and the eyes of the the beholding eyes. And then us as the women who are subjected to it, it's just like, damn, yo, like now I got to achieve this kind of look and this kind of standard for what y'all looking for. Like, and it's always shifting. I would say every five to 10 years, the standard of beauty shifts and some things have more stay in power, especially within certain communities, but some don't. Like I was looking at young BBQ as an example of someone who has a shape that isn't necessarily the beauty standard, but she's still out here like, bitch, I'm so beautiful. In fact, her name stands for, it's not barbecue chicken like most people think, it's for beautiful um black queen or brown queen i think it's black queen and i love that because at first glance when you first see her you're gonna think oh like where's her bud or whatever blah 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 but when she did that chicken noodle soup video (laughs) the other day and she had them gauchos on in her hoodie i i saw myself back in the um the early 2000s 
and I remember like the way she was dressed and thinking about us back then she would have been okay it's only now that it's like you have to have this coke bottle impossible ass shape not even necessarily coke bottle now it's like hourglass where everybody's stomach is flat as shit I look at women in the 70s <clears throat> and that was not always the case like they, they may have had you know you always try to keep a little tiny waist that's always been a thing forever in the history of beauty you know that's why you got corsets and shit you know but <clears throat> everybody you know it was a different shape you have women in the 90s and the 80s the way their bodies were shaped in music videos they were slim and trim and i would say even now even though you got some of those voluptuous chicks now um <clears throat> there's actually a whole slim thick movement like being in shape being that's why loungewear aside from covid and quarantining loungewear is such a big deal you got fabletics and stuff now it's like they wanted you to get thick and now you've got to be slim thick or you got to have the you know you got to be uh muscular with a sh it's like yo after a while it's like fuck all that what makes you feel beautiful what makes you feel beautiful and that's how I think I'm going to end it because that, that is the key question because that covers everything that covers. If you want to get surgery, if you want to, um, you know, overline your lips, if you don't, you realize, Hey, I'm going to be a plus size bitch and I'm going to be fine anyway. That covers all of that. And that was a voice from God, not the, the plus size bitch part, but what makes you feel beautiful? <laughs> And that's our question to you. In order to protect your, your, you know, our girls, our our curls, and our world, we have to protect ourselves and protect our minds. And rem and remember to ask yourself that question every time. You know, try your hardest. It's, I know, okay, especially with this mini wedding coming, the struggle has been real. But I have, if, if I could be um, transparent. I have pretty much come to the conclusion that I'm going to be a plus size girl for the rest of my life. As long as I can get my stomach flat. Like at this point, that's all I'm looking to do. I just want to um, bring in my waist, bring in my stomach because, and, and a lot of medical people will tell you that that is um, important because the stomach also shows like when, you know, your rate of heart attacks and stuff like that in both men and women, especially men the bigger your stomach, the more higher risk you are for a heart attack. But uh, I'm, I'm cool. Like, I'm over a certain age now. We looking at girls that are fucking 19 years old who don't have to work necessarily. Some women, some young girls who don't have to work because they haven't fully fucking developed. That's what y'all not realizing. Y'all shaping y'all bodies and shit to look like a little fucking teenage girl. You're not a teenage girl no more. You a grown ass woman. Remember that. <laughs> Cause I'm tired. I see that shit in the mall, and I be like, "Damn, her body looks so good, but she's fucking 17. What is it supposed to look like?" Right, right. She ain't got I, no real stress. <laughs> I have that same conversation um, with Bay all the time. And I was like, yeah, you know, I have to realize, like, I have to let go of the dream of wanting to be a size eight. I was a size eight in, like, high school. It's not going to happen. 
be okay with the new size 10, 12, 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, exactly. Just piggybacking on that. That's not to say, you know, that'd be cool if I end up being a size 10 again. I'm not really trying to go beneath that, you know, personally. Um, but yeah, you got to just be real with yourself. And, and there's things called spanks and fahas out there to achieve a certain look. If you want to be smooth and tight, you know, but on the day to day, man, love yourself. <laughs> All right, lady. So, are you ready to get into our philanthropy highlight this week? Sure am. Get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Cause you and I got the do for you and I. All right, yes, y'all. So this motivational moment, I mean, ooh, that's a motivational moment, philanthropy highlight <laughs> um, for this week is by none other, one of our good, good homegirls from way back in the day when we was, you know, dollar, dollar billing it in the, um, <laughs> in the Wild Cafe. Diamond, yes. <laughs> when we was me and Diamonds. Um, in the yes. Ciao. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> yes. I'm Leslie on heart. I know. <laughs> 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 oh man. Memories, yeah. yeah. So one of our good girlfriends, her name is Aston, is putting together something that was really, really unique. And we felt like, you know, this is something that we want to highlight. And it's it's especially important to our girls out here. So she is inviting everyone to her promise. And she wants y'all to know, did you know that two-thirds of low-income women cannot afford menstrual products in the major cities in the United States? Well, this is your opportunity to donate to them. So whether you have, you know, if you have a preference of honey pot, or if you have a preference of, you know, Tampax, tampons, always, whatever, the Kotex, whatever you need, you know, whatever you have that you like, that you would like to donate to them, you can do so. So um, they are going to be having drinks, food, giveaways, and they're going to even have music by DJ Forever Fat Cat. So make sure that you hit her up. I'm going to give you her at name because I'm not sure if she has a website for this yet. It's A-S-T, a bunch of eyes. So let me see this. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> five eyes and an N, Aston. And um, mm -hmm. hit her up in her DM and find out how you can attend their, um, the event. But it's for a good cause. And, and we'll make sure we repost it on Instagram as well. Um, I think we could probably, I'm, I'm going to see if we could um, copy and paste the link directly to this actual post right. to our, um, our description for the podcast episode um, so you guys can see it. And you can also, if you are not able to attend the event, but you still feel it in your heart, to contribute because like Kel said it's a very good very important right. um, cause that many people forget uh, you can send money to monetary donations to um, her cash app Apple Pay um, PayPal and Zelle and 100% of the proceeds uh, will be to purchase items for women in need so yes let's help our sisters out help all our women out who, you know, are ex experiencing monthly cycles just like the rest of us. We got to help them out. Yes, we'll take pads, tampons, panty liners, and feminine soap. 
So, you know, whatever you like, I, I guess, share the wealth, share the um, the education, and pass mm-hmm. that on to them. So that is our philanthropy highlight, is her promise. Yes. Are you Love ready for this last call? Yes, ma'am. I'd like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. This is the last call. So, for today's last call, I heard this in a message um, earlier this week, and it was about using your mind um, and the importance of meditation. So, meditation is the discipline um, on higher things until your mind shifts. So, uh, to think on higher things until your mind shifts, excuse me. Um, It is an ongoing discipline at that. So it's not something, just like they say, going to church shouldn't be the only time that you speak to God. Um, Meditation should be done frequently as well, too. Um, And when they say meditating on higher things, um, to think on higher things until your mind shifts, that's an exercise or a, a muscle that you need to exercise because there's so much bullshit that we see on the daily. So many times that we're comparing ourselves to shit. I don't know if y'all have seen the social dilemma on Netflix, but the way that it was a little corny at first, but the way that they depict the way that they shift your mindset just through different forms of advertising and it's a lot of subliminal advertising it's not just the oh this you know mac fenty makeup line ad that i keep scrolling past and seeing or whatever because my phone's heard me talking about it no it's like it's the aesthetic it's like the black fishing that we talked about you know and making you think that that is how you should look you know you have to continue to remember who you are and a way to do that um, and remembering what's important as well, not just who you are, but who, who and what is important is through meditation and being intentional about exercising your mind continuously so you can set your mind on a higher transformative place. And any mind that is set adrift, like I said earlier, will never grow. So your mind grows through being intentional about your purpose so just think about that next time you start to plan out you know maybe a meditation regimen you know get that going in your daily regimen remember that there is a lot of importance or strong importance to meditation and that's my last call for today that was beautiful thank you ma'am that was straight from god's mouth to my ears yes well as usual yes. you guys make sure you follow us on instagram and facebook um at cognac cupcakes and conversations and on twitter at ccc vibes make sure you shop our merch we have just dropped our um as you said before in the podcast our um protect your girls protect your girls. protect our girls sorry i said your <laughs> protect, protect our girls, girls. And girl yes um, t-shirt which is happened to be the theme for the month accidentally but on yes <laughs> right <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes definitely align so come on align with us and all this melanin that we are mm-hmm. putting out here mm-hmm. in the universe help a, um another black sister out we appreciate it when we take off take it all on um we are open to hosting so let us know if you want us to host your virtual virtual mm-hmm. virtual <laughs> okay 
down. We are down for the cause. We're trying to be safe. And make sure you guys get out here and vote. Yes. I can't yes. think more. Yes. Um, you know, yesterday, well, today when you're listening, it'll be Thursday. So two days ago was National Voter Registration Day, but that doesn't mean that you can't still register. There's um, a lot of um, useful uh, resources out there that share with you when um, your time is up in your state to register. So just look it up. And a, a quick tip that my father gave me, because I was like, am I registered to vote? Because I tried to look and then it was trying to do all this stuff because um, I'm still registered in my hometown. Um, ew, not when we calling that my hometown. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a good way to do it is to go through a government website um, rather than, um, you know, even though, you know, on our website, we actually have one through Rock the Vote. So you can always check it out on there. But some of these other websites, Rock the Vote is reputable, but some of these other websites just gonna spam the shit out of you, you know? So you got to be careful with where you put your information. So if you really want to be safe, go to either cognaccupcakesandconversations.com and fill out the Rock the Vote um, questionnaire or go to your local government website, uh, usually for like for us, it's maryland.gov or md.gov or whatever, and they'll have all the resources you need without all the, the fluff. Indeed. Yes. And so um, follow us at Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations on Facebook and Instagram. You know, we're super active. We get active on um, Instagram, CCC Vibes. You know, whenever there's a televised event or a, um, you know, a versus battle, we in there. <laughs> and um, what's the other thing? Oh, the website again, Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations.com. I think that's everything, right, my dear? Yes, it is. Until next time, yes. we'll be out. Peace out. It's a vibe. <laughs>